Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Welcome to church this morning. If I haven't met you, my name is Samuel, and welcome to Life West. Uh, If you're new here, man, our mission, we want to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. Uh, This morning is just going to be a part of it, but one of the main ways that we help with that is something that we do every month called Growth Track. And and Growth Track, it happens uh, after the second song during the second service, and it's a a four-week class that helps you know, number one, the first thing that you need to know is you you need to know God. We want to make sure that you know that. But that, that's, that's where it begins, that's not where it ends. And we want to help you to know what your giftings are, help you to know a little bit about the church so that you can make a decision about whether you want to just actually make this your church. Like, don't just come in warm seats, right? You're like, am I going to come and build something? Because here's the deal, Jesus said this. Jesus said, I will build my church. So if you want to be at the forefront of what God is doing in the world today, then you need to be a part of building a church. Doesn't have to be this church, but building a church. We're going to help you, going to tell you a little bit about the church so you can decide, am I all in on this or maybe not? And then we want to help you discover what your gifts and talents are, what are your spiritual gifts things, and then help you to use those to make a difference in this world. So welcome to Life West. Glad you guys are here. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're in a series called Made Known, where we're looking through the book of Ephesians, really just kind of going through it verse by verse. We're in chapter 5, and, and the title of this one is really like the subtitle for this is The Home. Because what it is, is God's laying out in Ephesians, really just kind of lays out what it means to be a Christian. And, and really, it changes everything. Becoming a Christian does not just change where you go when you die, right? You're like, there's more to it than that. And so what we're looking at and what we've gotten into last week and this week is really what is it supposed to look like in a home? What is a marriage supposed to look like? Because marriage is not just a more extreme version of your other relationships. It's completely and 100% different. It is meant to be completely different, which is why when couples decide to just live together, but they're not married, they're like, it's just a piece of paper. No, it's not. Like, all we're missing is a piece of paper, and we still love each other. It doesn't work. It doesn't work, because you're fully entangled, but not fully engaged. Uh, It it is not the way it works. The Bible, we're going to get to it here in a little bit, but it says in Ephesians, and we're going to read it, that the two become one. Jesus, in talking to the woman at the well, and making a point about living together doesn't make you married, is Jesus talking to the woman at the well, she's there, and he says, you know, um, he's talking to her, and she says, what do, how, do you, how do you know me? And they kind of go back and forth, but all of a sudden, Jesus looks at her and says, and the man that you are living with now is not your husband. And then she looks at him and goes, I perceive that you're a prophet. <laughs> like, well, duh. Okay, but anyways, but what Jesus said is, the man you're living with, you're not married to. You are not married to. Um, just because you live together does not mean that you are married. Do it right. Do it right. So it's a different relationship. What does God say about this relationship? And if we do it God's way, we can get God's results. So Ephesians chapter 5, 
And we talked last week, and we started in verse 23, which is really where it begins to talk about what marriage is supposed to be. What is marriage supposed to be? Uh, Ephesians 5, 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. This is always everybody's favorite part, except maybe the next part, which says, wives, submit to your husbands. That's everybody's second favorite part of this. But what it's doing is it's laying out the design for marriage, because anything with two heads is a monster. 1 Corinthians 11, chapter 3 says this, but there is one matter that I want to remind you about. The wife is responsible to her husband, and the husband is responsible to Christ, and Christ is responsible to God. Husbands, you are responsible for your families. You are meant to lead in your homes. You are responsible for your families. And as we keep on going, Ephesians 5, verse 31 We're unpacking a little bit more of what this is meant to be. What is this relationship supposed to be like? It's different than every other relationship. It's not the same. Years ago, Becca came. uh, We were talking. She's like, hey, um, some some distant people that we knew, she's like, they're they're not doing really well right now. And she's like, her her husband just told her that, that, that the marriage relationship isn't any different or isn't special or set apart from every other relationship he has. And I just go, they're getting divorced. I'm like, if he keeps that mindset, I'm like, they they will not be able to stay married. Like, it will not work because it is completely different in God's Word, and God's Word is completely different. It it lays it out. And, And that's exactly what happened because he kept that mindset. He kept that mindset. So let's look at what God's Word has to say about it. Ephesians 5, verse 31. As Scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother to be joined to his wife. This is a unique relationship. It's not like any other relationship. And the two are united in one. Now, this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way that Christ and the church are one. So I say it again. Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So we're going to start right there in verse 31 where it says, a man leaves his father and mother. He leaves his father and mother and the two become one. So here's what this is meant to be. There's meant to be a separating. I've, I've been at weddings and, and you've probably been at, at some weddings before and chances are you've heard something along these lines out of somebody's mouth with a microphone making maybe a toast or something, but they said something along the lines of, you know, today I'm not losing a daughter, I'm gaining a son-in-law. Or I'm not losing a son, I'm gaining a daughter. And, and I think it's really cute to hear and, and, in, and in a way, it's true. However, it's the two become one. It says that is, he is to leave his father and mother because here's what you have. When you get married, you don't just join a family. You start a new one. You are a new unit with new priorities. And mom and dad are now the extended family. So, yeah, yeah, you're gaining a son or a daughter, but it's completely different because they are now a new family. The two become one. It's different. It's not meant to be the same. So when I hear of couples that are trying to save some money and then they're going to stay and they're like, well, we're living in mom and dad's basement. And I'm like, 
That's, that's going to be bad. It's going to be hard. When I hear about couples moving back in to save money, they buy a house and, and, and well, we got some renovations to do and, or we got some things happening, we're, we're kind of in between and we're going to move back in with mom and dad. And you're like, okay, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be easy. Even the best in-laws, somebody buys a house and somebody sells a house and there's a gap in between, so they move back in with parents and they've got kids. Guess what happens? Conflict. Anybody surprised by that? No. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. See, the two become one. You're different. You're a part of the family, but you are a new unit. You are new. Genesis 2.24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, think about this with me. That was written before there were any, any in-laws. Before any in-laws, they're like, you're going to need to leave. Like, this is going to need to happen. You will need to leave. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, I think in some cases, it's really obvious. Where couples get married, and it's just absolutely obvious because their, their in-laws or their, their mom and dad are, are toxic. It's bad. There was abuse. There, there, it was just a horrible, there was always fighting and it was just a mess and it was like, finally, and, I, and, we're go, and it's obvious. And, and there's cuts that need to be made and it's obvious and they just, they don't honor boundaries so it's obvious and it's like, no, and we're, we're going we're gonna to create these and you're going to have to honor, it's obvious. But then there's other times where you get married but, and then maybe it's you, maybe it's your spouse, but their parents, they've got a really good marriage. And they love, they love each other, and they, and, and they worship God at home, and it's great. And you just look, and you think, well, it's not bad. And, and you're starting anew, but you're like, but that's not really that bad, what they had. And so maybe, maybe we can kind of just like um, do what they did, and we'll get what they got. But the truth is, you didn't marry your mom or dad. You married somebody different. And so we can look at another relationship and be like, well, I want what they have. Well, let's look at the principles that it was built on instead of the decisions that were made. Because let me just say this, maybe God's not leading you and your spouse the same place that he led your folks or your in-laws. I think it can be harder to make a separation many times when mom and dad or in-laws are great. But it says that the two become one. Yes, you join a family, but they become an extended family. You now, the two of you come together, and you together need to seek God and know where God is leading you. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't want advice from anybody. It doesn't mean that not in the slightest. But the priorities shift, 1 Corinthians 7.33. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities, how to please his wife. We read this last week. His interests are divided in the same way a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. Verse 8. But a woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities, a married woman, and how to please her husband. The priorities shift. It's no longer mom and dad. It's God and husband and wife. It's meant to shift because the two are becoming one. So you need to seek God 
and find out what God has to say for you and where he's leading you guys. Where is he leading you guys? And it and it, again, it doesn't mean we don't ever talk to mom and dad or the in-laws. I've, I've got great in-laws. Um, they're the best. They're the best. Uh, I, I love them. They're, they're fun. They come and, and they visit. And they live in Wisconsin. There's a lake between us. That's a really good amount of distance. Um, but they're actually moving to Michigan. They're, they're, they're going to be moving to Michigan. So they're going to be a little bit closer. Uh, and I anticipate great things. Love them. I love them getting to spend time with the grandkids and, and when they come. It, it's a great relationship. Um, but there's been some times of like, it's, it gets interesting. It just, it just gets interesting. Uh, we've got kids. We've got five kids. When we started having kids, uh, we got married. We had a plan. We we're going to start having kids about five years later. We've been married eight months, and Beck's like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, that ain't part of the plan. Um, but it, it was. It was. And uh, so we started, started having kids. So I, I kind of say that simply to say it wasn't something we'd put a whole lot of thought and effort and time into thinking about what it's going to be like when we have kids. So we have Avery, and, and one, of the, one of the things that kind of comes up is, well, what are we going to do when it comes to um, vaccines and shots and things for a baby? Well, my father-in-law is a doctor. So we talk to, she talks to her dad, and I've got my thoughts, and she has her thoughts, and, and we're going to get some advice. And, and the minute I said that, like, just, I don't know if you felt it, but just the room tensed up a little bit. Because, <laughs> oh, what is this? What's he going to say? There's an idea, and I have an idea, and somebody has an idea. Oh, yeah, everybody's got ideas. So we talked to my father-in-law. My father was like, well, this is what I think, and this is what I think you should do, and and I'm like, okay, and that's interesting. Well, here's what I think. And he's like, well, I've got something for you. So we go, over to, we, go, we go to visit, and he hands me a binder, no lie, it's this thick, full of literature, full of literature. And he's like, you should read this, and hands it to me. And I'm like, son of a gun, because I know what I have to do. I've got to read it. I've got to read it. I'm like, this is thicker than any book I've read. I'm like, come on. And it's not like the thin Bible. But anyways, anyways. So we end up going through there. We read it. Um, but then we made our decisions. Our kids got a little bit older, and we begin to think about school. I was working at a church. And which meant I worked Saturdays and Sundays, and we're looking, and we're like, well, what are we doing? What are we thinking? And we love the kids, and we'd had a couple of them by then, and we're like, we don't know how many more they're going to have, because we don't know where they're coming from, and they just keep coming, so we don't know what's going on, but we've got these. What do we do with who we have? It's time, time for school, and this is where they need to go. So we stop, and we pray, and we're like, well, what do we do, and what are we thinking? And we're like, well, let's, we think, well, let's, let's, let's try this homeschooling thing. Let's home educate. So we make this decision, but at the same time, um, I, I was homeschooled for, for quite a bit of time. Uh, so it wasn't really new to my parents. My older brother wasn't, but he just didn't do school, so he had to go to school. But anyways, so I'm like, my older brother wasn't, but then I, I was, and some of the rest of us were. So that wasn't a new thing for us. But Becca's family, that, 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 that was not a good thing. It's like, it's like weirdos are the ones that homeschool. And, and, and people that homeschool are all socially awkward, and, and, and they make their own butter and wear dresses, and, 
Um, and I'm like, the dresses look nice and the butter's delicious, but anyways. Um, um, so we're like, well, but, but her family, this was completely different. This is completely different. Her, her mom did a lot of substitute teaching, like in, worked in different schools back in Wisconsin. And so we make a decision, but Beck's like, and she's carrying around and thinking, what are my parents going to think? It still weighs, but we had to come together on what we wanted to do. We have great in-laws. And I'm, I'm really honestly, to their credit, they were just like, hey, this is, this is what you guys think. This is wonderful, and we're excited for you. And, and when they affirmed our, our decision, I saw Becca breathe a little bit easier. Of, oh. Because our parents, and again, I think the better relationship our parents have, the better our parents, when we've seen them serve God, I think the harder it can be to make our own decisions. And I told two stories on, on Becca's side, so now I'll tell, I'll tell one, on, one on mine. My, years ago, um, my dad came to me and is like, hey, I, here, here's an investment I think you should invest in. And I'm like, oh, well, this sounds fun. This, this, that looks pretty good. So I go to Becca, I'm like, hey, I think we should invest in this. She's like, well, let's think about it. I'm like, okay. So she thinks about it. Um, and then a little bit, little bit later, he's like, okay, so um, do, do you want in on this or not? And I'm like, I think we do. And Beck comes over and she's like, we don't, I, I, didn't, I don't think that we should do that. I mean, she's doing her very best to be super polite, to be really respectful. And she's like, I don't, I don't think this is a good one. She's like, yeah, it could be great, but I, I don't think it's a good one. And for me, and typically, guys, you know, when it comes to money, we, we can spend it a little bit easier. We, we, we feel secure without money. Typically, girls, they feel secure with money. Um, guys, we're a bit more like, uh, we're like flying squirrels. We'll just jump from one tree and hope we're going to land on the next one. We're like, Wee! somewhere. I'll catch a branch. And girls are more like, I'm holding this branch. Where's the next one? Got it. Still not sure I'm going to let go of this one yet. Okay, now I will. It's just a little bit different. It's just a little bit different. You're like, no, it's not. You're wrong. Okay, but anyways. Okay. So, so we were divided on that one. And I looked at it and I'm like, you know what? Um, it, it, it's just money. We're not united on this. It was a bit of, it was, it was a decent amount of money for us at the time uh, to, bu to buy in. And we're like, you know what? Um, if, she, if we're not united on this, I said, we're not going to do it. And so we made that decision. And my dad's like, you need to do this. This is life changing. I said, no, we, we decided we're not going to do this. And then he'd come and visit and he's like, you need to do this. And I was like, we decided we're not going to do this. Then he comes to visit and he's like, you should really do this. And I was like, we decided we're not going to do this. And then I'd be in my office and we worked together. So he'd stop by my office and he's like, you should really do this. And I had to find, I was like, dad, I already told you, you need to stop. Like, we've already decided we're not going to do this. I'm like, if it goes great, I'll get it in the inheritance anyways, because you're in it. Like, what's yours is mine. That is what I told him. He's like, well, you're right. You're right. It could, but, but you could, for you guys, for you guys. And I'm like, like I said, you invest. If it goes great, I'll still get it. 
he had, but we had to stop and make a separation. When, when, when Becca and I, when God spoke to us and is like, hey, we need to pay off our debt. We had house, that was it. God's like, I want you to pay this off. So we went berserk paying this thing off. And we had family coming to us and be like, what are you guys doing? Uh, we didn't do Christmas gifts for each other. We had to set budgets for the kids. We did it for the kids when the kids were really little. Um, we, they, don't, they don't even know what they're opening up, so we just pe- wrapped up all of their things that they already had and put them under the tree, and they would open them up and like, yeah, this is awesome! And we did that the first year, and I was getting ready to do it again, and Beck's like, they're getting older. <laughs> You're like, they might think this is normal. <laughs> we don't want to set the expectation that they're opening up 10 presents each, and it's things that they already have, and now we're like, uh-oh, and they come out there the next year, and there's one. It's like, this, this isn't going to work, so we had to, we had to change some things. But, I mean, we, we, we were like, no, and we're not going out to eat, and, and, and family's saying, hey, will you come here, and will you do this? And, and they're coming at us, and they're like, hey, you should not be doing what you're doing. But we had decided together, no, this is where God's leading us. So we had family, hey, you shouldn't, and here's why, and don't you get this, and you get this little write-off, and you can do this, and the interest, and I'm like, no, that might make sense there, but we've come together, and we decided this is where God's leading us. Really funny, you know, it, we, we pay off the house six years later after we started doing that. It's done. And it was really funny, but some of those same family members that were like, don't, were later come up and they're like, well, how? How did you do that? Oh, yeah, that's great for you because you don't have that. You don't have, well, I've got these payments. I've got this. And it's like, well, what were you doing? Whatever. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the two become one. You coming together, making decisions, realizing your family might be for it, your family might not. But as we said, Amos 3 says, 3 says this, can two people walk together without agreeing on a direction? Can you walk together without agreeing on a direction? Many years ago, I was out for a run, and I listened to podcasts while I'm running uh, I like music, but, but, but I got to get stuff listened to. So I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, listening to this, this conference I'd been at, but I wasn't feeling good, so I, I missed part of it. So I'm just, I'm cruising along, and I'm, I'm running up my, the hill back up 56th Street towards our house. And as I'm listening to this podcast, this guy's talking about leadership and, and what it means to lead in the church, and he just suddenly stops, and he goes, listen to me. He goes, do you have he says, I know I'm talking to leaders and leaders in church. He says, and you guys have visions and you've, you've prayed and you've, you've fasted and you've sought God about where he's, he's telling the church to go and what he's asking you guys to do. He goes, let me ask you this though. He goes, how many of you have a vision for your home and for your marriage? He said that and I stopped. And I was like, I don't have one of those. I'm like, I'm married I'm seeking God. I'm spending time asking him what he wants me to do, what he wants me to preach, where he wants. I'm like, and I have not sought after God and asked him where and what he wants Becca and I to do. So I was like, oh my goodness. I'm sitting there, it's kind of starting to rain outside. And I'm like, oh, I love running in the rain. I'm like, but I got to go in. So I go inside, I'm like, babe, 
I said, I just listened to the part, and she's like, yeah, I heard it already, and I heard that, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So we stopped, and we said, okay, we need to agree. Again, Amos 3.3, how can two people walk together without agreeing to do so? And we'd been married for years at this point, and we had some, some ideas and some things that we had said together that we wanted to do, but what we had not done is sat down together to clarify and to bounce off each other what we felt God was leading us to do. But what a vision is meant to do is to help you know where you're going. Because if you don't know where you're going, you'll go anywhere. Like if you go for a walk and you have no destination, you just kind of meander to whatever looks good, whatever. So we're like, okay, we need to do this. So we sat down and we're like, okay, what is this for you and I? And the short version of it, the short version of what we did and what we put together is we're like, okay, number one thing we're going to do is we're here to build the kingdom of God. I'm like, that, that's number one, which means we will be involved. I worked at a church. I was working for my dad at Res Life. I said, we'll be involved in building the church, whether it's my vocation job, whether I'm paid to do it or not, because Jesus said he will build the church. That was on our heart from day one. We're like, whether we get paid to do this or not, whether it's a job or not, we will do this. So that's number one. I said, number two, we're going to raise some word-believing, faith-talking, armor-wearing, devil-butt-kicking kids. I said, we're not just going to raise kids to leave the house. That's a good idea. But we're going to be intentional. And so the decisions that we're going to make is to that end. That's what it is. Not that they'll be popular. No, no, no. We're going to raise, raise some word-believing, faith-talking, armor-wearing, devil-butt-kicking kids. That, that is what we will do. And I said, and then third, I said, the third thing that we're going to do is we are going to be an example of what a godly marriage is meant to be. So we wrote that down. And then we begin to live it out. So guess what? When, when we felt like we were supposed to leave ministry, we did. We, we, we left uh, specifically working for a church and we, we moved. We said, well, is this still allowing us to do these things? And the answer is yes, then we can do this. So we went and we were working at these other churches, but felt that that wasn't it. And we're like, okay, well, I still need to take care of the family. So I ended up, um, had, had my own little, little business, little LLC, making furniture, doing restorations in houses and some different things. And, and we, we were making money. And honestly, we were making more money than we'd ever made before. But you want to know what we, we looked at that and we're like, okay, but we also, we're going to build the church. So the church that I worked at, my dad's church, the church that I grew up at, that I had left, I then w- went back because we were still living in the same house. It took me 19 years to flip it. I think I've shared that already. But anyways, we're still living in that same house. I'm like, it's a mile and a half away from a great church. I said, we're going to go here. So we went and volunteered at the same church that I had worked at. And, and we're, we're kind of walking through the hall and talking to some people. They're like, I can't believe you're here doing that. And I'm like, well, why? I'm like, well, you, you worked here and you left. I'm like, well, yeah, because that's what I believe that God led us to do. But that still doesn't change what God's called us to do. And if we're going to be here right now, I said, we're going to serve. So we jumped in and we started serving in the nursery over there. So we were going to, because I wasn't just going to go to church. I want to be a part. I I want a part of what's going on. I was like, we're still going to tithe. We still tithe. Like, yeah, we're absolutely going to do that. Because we know what it is that we're doing. So, and then every year, 
we look at the kids and we think again. Now, we made a decision many, many years ago that we were going to homeschool that one year, but we revisit it every single year, every year. Can any two people walk together unless they agree to do so? You need a vision. You need to know what God... The short version is you guys just pray. Here's the short version. You could, you could get this done on the way home, depending on who's in the car with you, but you could get this done on the way home. You pray, you listen to God, you talk to your spouse... You agree, it's done. So there's the short version. The short version could be, but then what we do is we look at it again and again. Every year we look and we say, okay, what needs to happen? Are, are we still moving? Do we believe that we're still take, moving towards the goals that God has for us? What does it mean for the kids? We, we said we're going to homeschool them that year, but, but what, where are they now and what do they need and where's the best place for them to get what they need so that they can move towards where we believe God is leading them to go? What opportunities do they need? Is there an opportunity that they're not getting or they're getting part of that we need to change schedules and move things around so that they can do more of? What, what might this look like? What do we believe God is putting in their heart right now? And how can we help them to realize that? We need to have goals. Without goals, we're running one of, in, in marriage, we're running mo one of the most important races without direction. We don't have goals in marriage. We look and we think, well, well that vacation looks good. Well, they got a new car. Well, they look happy. I wonder what they're doing. Instead of just being grounded and be like, no, this is where God has us going, so this is where we're going to go. When we have goals, you can say yes while you say no. What do I mean by that? Um, one of our big goals, I got to share it, was we were paying off the house. It took us five years to do it. So what, what was some of the big things was this, is we could say yes to being out of debt. And every time we looked at that candy bar, that whatever it was, that 35-cent trash can, whatever it was, it's like, no. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say no to that vacation. I'm going to say no to that going out to dinner. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to say no. Why? Because that lets us say yes to the future that we believe God wants us to have. Some of those habits that we started back then, we just kind of just kept with them. I stopped using shaving cream, and I haven't used this stuff in like 15 years. Like, I don't even need it. I, I take long showers. It's my excuse to be in the shower. I doubt we save a penny because of that hot water heater, but I love showers. I just, I do. I, if I could stay in the shower, I, I just like showers. I've eaten in the shower. That gets gotten me in some trouble, um, but that's another story for another day. But you can say yes while saying no because you're like, you know what? I'm going to say no to this, but I, I realize that saying no to this allows us to move where God wants us to. That promotion isn't a promotion because we know where God's leading us to go, and that doesn't take us in the direction that He's guiding us. We know what it is. So how do we set these goals in the short term? Again, pray, listen, discuss, and revisit. Revisit. Um, a goal that you write down and never look at is useless. And let me, let me say this. Um, a goal is a great start but it's not the end. It's having it and then revisiting it and looking at it and be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. In the long term, what, what would I love, every, love to see every married couple in here do? I'd love to see you do this, is get away, set aside some time to get away and seek after what God's will is 
for you. At any stage of life, this is, this is applicable in every stage of life and marriage. So what would that look like? Number one, um, get away. If you stay at home, very often you just, you do the things, who's got a to-do list? Who needs to make a to-do list because you've got things to do, but they're not on a list? Okay, yeah, we've all got something and stuff that, that we need to be doing. So it can be ideally go somewhere. Go somewhere for at least two nights. If you go someplace for one night, you're basically getting there, sleeping, eating, and leaving. So if you can do it for two, make it two. And then spend 50% of your time, 50% of your time praying, talking, listening, and 50% of your time just having fun. Um, and, and discuss the big things. The hot, the hot topics are the ones you need to talk about. Okay? If it's, if it's money, talk about it. If it's, if it's time and, and where time is going and energy and where it's going, and uh, talk about it. Okay? Whatever it is, it's, it's, it's too much. Whatever this hobby is taking, talk about it. Talk about it. Don't avoid... Um, do not avoid the hot button issues. When we sweep things under the rug and we just think that, hey, they're buried, they're done, um, it's, it's not pretty. They don't grow into love ferns. They're landmines. That's, that's, that, that's what it is. And what we do is when we don't actually hit these things and get to the other side of these buttons, what we end up doing is we get a relationship where we tiptoe through it. And we're like, well, I can't say anything about this and I don't want to say that. And, and, and that is the exact opposite of what God meant marriage to be. God looked at Adam in the garden perfect creation. Sin had not entered the world. There was nothing, nothing, nothing was broken. And God looked at Adam and said, it's not good that he be alone. I'm going to make someone special, perfect just for him. And God took something out of man and from it made woman and then brought woman to man. He said, now here, this is the great mystery that the two will become one. When Jesus was asked about divorce, his answer was, what God has joined together, let no man separate. God's heart. Yes, there's reasons and there's where it's okay to divorce, but that's not God's heart because it's what God joins together. He does the joining. He says, let man not separate. He laid out a plan for you and I and when it comes to marriage, it's meant to be great. It's meant to be two people coming together, walking together, unique in our own, we're, we're different. But what we bring together is so good. Again, a perfect man, there is no sin. Nothing is broken when God made woman. Nothing was broken. And he brought them together. God has a plan and a purpose for you and you as a couple. If you don't know what that is, I encourage you, get a vision, write it down. And the fuzzier and the more that the world is coming around you and you're like, well, we don't know what we're doing or we've got big decisions, go back and look and say, okay, where are we? God has something changed in this. Where is it that you're leading us? What is it that you want and are hoping that we can and will do? 
So spend some time. If you can get away, do it. Again, 50% of your time, focus on this. 50% of the time, just have some fun. And listen. Listen to each other. Talk about the man leading the home. Yes, but that means you need to listen. Genesis 21, verse 12, God speaks to Abraham and literally has to tell him, listen to your wife, Sarah, and do whatever she says. Because she was right. Proverbs 31, that virtuous woman, what does it say about her? It says this in verse 26, it says, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Leading does not mean that you do not listen. Proverbs says, instruct a wise man and he grows wiser still. What it doesn't say is that when a wise man talks to a wise man, the wiser man grows wiser. It says that if you instruct anyone that instructs a wise man, as a result, the wise man gets wiser because he'll learn from anyone. We're meant to be able to receive and learn from anyone. And that person that you married is not just anyone. And there's a reason you married them, that you stood up there, that you were so excited, you're like, I want to spend the rest of my life with them. And maybe you've spent some time just living together and not moving together. You're sleeping together, but you're not dreaming together. Maybe it's time that you get a God dream again. That you just say, God, what is it you have? Where can we go? What do you have for us? And you begin to work together. God has a plan and a purpose for your life, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What God wants for you, what God wants for me, is better than anything that we can come up with on our own. So I challenge you to trust God. And watch what happens when we do marriage his way. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? As we're here this morning, I want to ask, maybe today you come here, but you don't know where you stand with God. Maybe you're watching online or you're listening, but you don't know where you stand with God. You can know. You say, I know, I know I've made some mistakes. I've made some messes. I know that I'm not where I need to be. Let me just say, the way out is Jesus. There's one answer, and his name is Jesus. Jesus came and he made a way where there was no way so that you could be forgiven and set free, so that shame and guilt could be gone, and you could begin to live a life, the life that he has planned for you. If you're here and you say, today's the day I want to give him my heart and my life, I'd love the honor of praying with you. So if either this is the first time or maybe today's the day you say, I'm going all in. I don't want to be wishy-washy today. I want to surrender everything to him. I want to give him my all. The day I come back, if that's you, I'd love the honor of praying with you too. If you're either of those, I'd love that. I would like to pray with you right in your seat. If that's you, get ready to lift your hand. One, two, three. Right now, shoot it up and say, that's me. And today is my day. From now on, I want to give my heart and my life to him. All right. Would everybody in here, would you just pray? Just repeat this prayer after me. All together, everybody say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm going to live for you. With all of my life, I'm yours. I choose 
you. I believe you came, you shed your blood so I could be free. So from now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.